friends. Welcome to Originality Podcast. I'm your host, Jessica Dalton. And joining me today, as always, is our show's awesome producer, Amanda Foster. What's up? And today we are continuing our interview series by doing our type three interview. And I am so excited to welcome our guest, Ray Edge. Yay. I'm so excited to be here. I'm so excited you're here. I can't even <laughs> begin to express like, like guys, like she was our top pick for type three. Like we, <laughs> we so wanted Ray we to got be it. here. And she is someone that just, to me at least, exemplifies all the best things about a three. Like you're a boss entrepreneur. <laughs> like you not only build your business wonderfully and skillfully and work harder than almost anybody I've ever met, but you also are so passionate and so gifted at empowering and encouraging other people to go after their dreams and their businesses and walk out God's calling on their life. And I I just think it's a beautiful, amazing thing that you do. You have such a sweet marriage and um, now you're a mom yeah. and you're doing all of that while being a mom and serving in church. I don't know, guys, I don't know how she does it, <laughs> but um, you, you do, you are, exemplify all the beautiful, wonderful qualities of a three and are someone that loves the Lord, is passionate and about about following the Lord and bringing the kingdom of God into everything that you do and working on growing yourself and learning about the Enneagram. And that's so fun. So we we just couldn't think of anyone better. We're so glad you're here. Oh, thanks. I feel like my words of affirmation bucket just got all the way filled up. Yes, <laughs> Thank you for the, that was all very sweet. Thank you. Okay, so without further ado, let's get started. Um, Ray, why don't you just start by telling me a little bit about your life, uh, where you're from, what you do. I know I, I kind of already introduced you a bit, but we want to hear it from, from you. Yeah, um, well, I am a wife and mother first of all, um, and I'm just so passionate about business, really. That's like the big thing. Like I have um, our primary business, which is just Ray Walker Photo and Films. We do weddings. Um, and I think it's funny as a three, I'm always like, whenever somebody asks me to introduce myself, I'm like listing the things I do, yeah. um, <laughs> which I try to be mindful about. But um, we have started recently, well, within the last year, um, establishing several businesses underneath our primary business, which has been a lot of fun, like bringing on different people who are really passionate about weddings, who just maybe don't want to do the back end work. They just want to show up and shoot. And then we handle all the rest. So that has been the funnest business adventure. So that's kind of what I do on a day-to-day basis. Um, but I go to Mercy Culture and love being involved there. Um, that's a big part of my life. And then food. I just eat a lot. <laughs> yes. I'll say that's like my number three. <laughs> I love thing. that. I didn't know that about you. Oh, man. We spend, we have just like a hefty budget just for food. <laughs> well, that's good. Fancy food. <laughs> that's good that you know that about yourself and you're like, I'm just going to, this is part this of. Is embrace yeah. it. Yeah. Where can I cut budgets, you know, money out of other budgets to <laughs> go into our fancy food budget? Wow. Okay. So if I need recommendations, I'll ask. Oh, yeah. You. Okay. So um, you're an Enneagram type three. How did you come across the Enneagram and what has your process and journey been learning about it? I I think I was like, when I first heard about it, there was this podcast that I was listening to that mentioned it. And then I, I kind of like read a description of all of them. And then I was like, I feel like I, I feel like a three. So I went and listened to 
I don't know. I, you probably would know the podcast better than me. It's a very popular one, but I listened to it. It was like super long, an hour long. So I love what you're doing here with the short ones. <laughs> but I remember listening to it and they were just talking about the struggles of a three. And I was like, I think I was crying because I was like, I felt so exposed. I was like, oh, these are like all the worst things about me that I'm hearing right now. Like, I just remember thinking that that's how I found out what my Enneagram was. Because I was like, I remember they said, like, if you hear your Enneagram described and you feel bad about it, that's your Enneagram, which is so counterintuitive to what you guys are doing here, which I love. But that is how I found it. And that's how I realized because they were just so focused on the negatives. Yeah. But that's how I found it. And... Yeah, yeah so. that's how yeah. so many people find the Enneagram and why so many people don't like it because the way that it's taught, the way that it's communicated is we're going to be as harsh as possible so that way you can actually become self-aware. We're going to like attack you so you become self-aware and that doesn't do any good. That doesn't actually bring healing to any. Like it it can because it can um, if you if you can take it and pay attention and like actually be able to receive it that way, then you can you know really self reflect and be like, oh, maybe I do have some of that behavior. I just don't like how they communicated that to me. Yes, absolutely. And so it does help people, and because it has, that's why people still like it. But I just think that's completely unnecessary. Um, we don't need to be mean to people in order to help them yeah. become self aware. Um, so I I appreciate that. Yeah. And um, so learning about the Enneagram, um, what have you resonated with the most about your type? Hmm. I definitely think just the fact that threes are very like can be very workaholic-y. And I see that. I mean, I'm I like am obsessed with business, anything business related. And so I've seen that tendency in myself to like work really hard and push other people to work really hard and like catching myself being like, that's just because I like to work (laughs) doesn't necessarily mean that I need to tough love, encourage other people to, Mm -hmm. to do that. I think that's like one of the big things is just like the tendency to be just like so high achieving is like the thing that really resonates with me as being a type three. Yeah. I see that a lot in you, but that's like such a good thing. I feel like sometimes threes are like hard on themselves or like there's like this weird like, oh, stop doing so much. And it's like, no, yeah, it's, well, it's okay for threes to do a lot. I like yeah. working. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I think that's, you know, we talk about on, on here at the podcast, we talk a lot about how the Enneagram is often pointing to the way that God has gifted you that the enemy has then tried to twist and use against you. Oh, yeah. And so you are gifted to have very high energy, high capacity to accomplish. And that's amazing. Not everybody has that. And we need people that have that ability. Um, And the fact that you've become self-aware that, oh, not everybody has the same capacity as me. It helps you love others better is what I'm hearing you say. Yeah. And I don't want to hold people to the same, like, I don't want to hold people to the standard to be a workaholic because if you just don't like work, then that's not healthy. But it's something I enjoy. It's not something that like I go after because I'm like, I've realized this about myself that I'm not going to go after working because I think it'll make people love me. There are other things I do as a three that I do to make people love me, but it's not yeah. working. Yeah. Um, I just, I just like to work. So that is like the thing, mm. like, like just efficiency, like how yeah. can I streamline tasks and processes, whether, even if it's just like, this is going to sound, maybe y'all want to cut this out. <laughs> I'll just say it. (laughs) Like, even in, like, my daily encounter with the Lord, I'll find myself being like, I'm going to go on my bike ride to get my workout in while I encounter the Lord. Hey, nothing wrong with that. (laughs) I don't feel convicted about it, so I still do it. But I just, 
Yeah. Just like I'm like, where can I streamline things and make it more efficient? And like, where can I create time in my day so that I can, if I do need to spontaneously encounter the Lord, I can. Or if I do need to add in more time with my baby, I can, you know, just Mm -hmm. like. But that also might be freeing for other people who maybe feel like, oh, is this bad to like do something with my hands or to, you know, but obviously like we know that there's different ways to encounter the Lord. And so because, and that also comes through personality and, and what we do and like maybe God does want, and obviously he does want to go with you on a bike ride, you know? Mm -hmm. So I love that you said that and, and it might be good for someone else to hear that too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Gosh, it's so good. I love, I just, I love the ways that the Lord uniquely encounters us and that there, I love that. I just want to speak over threes right now. There is no shame about encountering the Lord in a way that is more efficient to you um, because it's, it's all about meeting the Lord where we're at and, um, and, and pursuing him. And it, there's such a battle just to pursue the Lord, just to meet with the Lord, no matter who you are, or where you're at. And so, or what your Enneagram type is. So yeah, like no shame over the more efficient way of <laughs> encountering the Lord. That's beautiful. Yeah. Cause I feel, I don't know if we'll include this, but like, I feel like so many people say, sit down, have your quiet time where yes. nothing else is happening, but that might be the hardest way to get out of your head of like efficiency and what do I need to do? And you know, everything. So if you're actually just like doing something that yes, you're getting your workout in, like that's good. And, and like, I also, whenever, like what you're just talking about, like if I sit down with like my journal and my pens and my stuff, I'm like more focused on how can I make this look pretty? How yeah. can I like make yes. it like a moment that's, you know, looks nice versus like, you know, when I'm on my bike and I'm nasty, sweaty, I'm already raw. So I might as well be raw with the yeah. Lord versus like, I'm going to have my journal out and I'm going to, oh, this is a good photo op for the gram. And this is that, you know yeah. what I mean? I feel that I... Yes, I feel the same exact <laughs> way because I'm a three two. So yeah, I'm always like, how can I make like this experience so good? So yeah, it's like I'm so in my head, whereas doing something because like yeah. I'll do that too. Like I'll fold the laundry or you know something while I'm worshiping, but it's it doesn't mean that I'm not paying attention to the Lord. It's just nice to have something to do with my hands to get out of my head. And then, and they say that that's actually psychologically, that's a good way to open up your brain. If you're doing something that's, you don't have to think about. So for people who are constantly thinking, Mm -hmm. um, it's a good way to give your brain something to do so you can like actually think and encounter. Absolutely. And I can't use my hands when I'm on my bike. Yeah. (laughs) So I can't get on my phone to text or whatever or, or answer an email or, you know, something more along the lines of like me being so efficiency minded. Like I can't, you know, I can't answer clients when I'm on Mm -hmm. my bike ride because that would be dangerous. Yeah. So it's an, it's a good way for me to be efficient without being like, to be like alone with the Lord not alone and still while not being still. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. I love that so much. I loved the distinction you made that you don't feel like you work to, to earn love. You work because you love work. And there's so much of the Enneagram material that is worded that way. 
And and yes, like like I think all three is across the board. They want to achieve and they do feel like by in achieving, you're more likely to like me if I have achieved. Um, and I think that is a motivator, but it can look a lot like many different things. It's not just work. So I love that you made the distinction that like, hey, my my passion for work and business, that is not just this unhealthy motivation. That's also something God's created me for and I love and I'm passionate about. Yeah. And I think about like as a three, I, I find myself thinking like, am I doing this thing because somebody's going to see me doing it? Because oftentimes I won't almost do something unless I know it's going to get recognized or somebody's mm. going to see it or yeah. like it's just going to be in front of somebody. But when I'm working, I'm just literally on my couch hammering out edits. Nobody's going to see that I did that. So that's how I know. That's my gauge for like, I'm not doing this to please somebody because nobody's going to see me just sitting there working on my computer, especially when I'm at home. So that's kind of my gauge for like, am I doing this to be seen? And like, what is like my motivation behind this? So, you know, that's That's just so good. So in learning about your Enneagram type, what has challenged you the most? So definitely the whole feelings thing for a three, like threes. I don't know, Jessica, how would you like I'm going to have a hard time like verbalizing this part, but like threes, the way they relate to their feelings is very like unhealthy usually. And I have, I have noticed that like whenever I have a big feeling, I will try to package it in a pretty way or a beautiful way or else I won't feel it. So I'll Mm. find myself thinking, maybe I won't think this, like, how can I make this feeling beautiful? But like, I will catch myself being like, can I put this feeling into a format that presents better whether I mean like vulnerability is like like it's a popular thing now so like can I like make this vulnerable in a way that makes me sound xyz makes me sound smart makes me sound intuitive makes Mm -hmm. me sound like I have a revelation like if I can put my feelings into something like that instead of just feeling the feeling I'm always like subconsciously trying to package it yeah (laughs) and sell it you know yeah instead of just feeling it Oh, that's my so mind good. is being blown right now because the way you said that is so good. Like, because we've kind of talked about that, mm-hmm. but like, the, just like the word of like packaging your emotions. How can I sell it? And then selling it because I said the same thing about the three. Like, it's popular, and you you get praise for being vulnerable these days. Oh yeah. So I feel like that's made threes a little more in tune with their emotions because we're gonna get that affirmation that we or at want. least have the appearance yes. of right. being yes. in tune with their have emotions the things to say without ever actually going to see a therapist oh, yeah. or doing the hard work of like sitting alone with the Lord and crying for a couple hours. And you know, like it's, it's, Oh yeah, I feel these ways because, and probably there is a lot of emotion right below the surface for a three. Oh, yeah. Um, so I feel it's, like it's you, not hard. You pull that out of me. I do. <laughs> we have these talks about things in life, and I'm like, oh, I just feel a little like uncomfortable because this, this, this. She's like, no, go deeper. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, Okay, no. <laughs> Thanks, but no. I just Thanks. told you the the package. I love that. I just told you the packaged um, emotions. We're not going any lower. Than that. We don't have to. <laughs> open and I that. hate. I hate that that's exposed now. But I. But it's good. <laughs> so good. So much, so much transformation. This is this is my life right now. But it's good. And like, even as a really practical example, like if I'm upset with somebody or I'm feeling something towards somebody, I catch myself 
like, how can I almost not monotonize this in the terms of like money or financially, mm-hmm. but like, how can I put this into a blog post that is really insightful about these feelings that I'm having instead of going to somebody, oh, and then maybe I can write a blog and then people will read the blog and then they, they will get something out of it instead of being like, okay, I'm mad at this person or they hurt my feelings and I just need to lean in with them and not circumvent all of that and go around it to the the outcome or the meat or the gold or whatever. Like, cause that's cheap. That is not a real revelation if you didn't like actually feel the feeling, but you're just like, oh, I think this is what I think of. I think I feel about the feeling. And then you're, you're putting it into something that you can sell, whether Mm. that, you know, not financially, of course, but just that you can put out and then people will love you for that thing that you put out. (laughs) That is where I catch myself like trying to gain approval or praise or admiration. Like, wow, she is really like that great thing she wrote or that she said. And so I, I actually used to do that a lot. So I've just stopped. Like, I know I told my best friend, if you see me put poetry on Instagram, I am not okay. (laughs) (laughs) Immediately come over. (laughs) I'm dead. (laughs) So that's just, that's maybe a practical example of what that looks like. (laughs) <laughs> I feel so seen right now. <laughs> That's amazing. That's so true, though. Like, yeah. when things get deep on social media, it's because it's because we're trying to redirect those emotions so that it's like, oh, well, this is just this is just going to benefit me instead of actually going deeper and just like doing the real work. Oh, of yeah. It. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's so good. Gosh, it's so good. So, I mean, you have so beautifully articulated what the struggle is for a three with their emotions. I'm going to add just a little bit to it, but I actually think you did a really great job explaining that. Um, But for, so the three, so there's three triads in the Enneagram, head, heart, and gut. And the three is right in the middle of the heart triad which just confuses people. There are what is called anger points in all of these triads. So it's the number in the middle of the three numbers. So two, three, and four are in the heart triad. Five, six, and seven are in the head triad. And eight, nine, and one are in the gut triad. So three, six, and nine are called the anchor points. On the actual diagram, they make a triangle and they are in the middle of each of those intelligence centers. And they are the most driven by their their intelligence center, but um, the least connected to it or trusted the least. So for a three, a three is the most driven by their emotion, but they they trust their emotion the least. And yes. so they're completely disconnected from it because emotions are not trustworthy and they're inefficient. So they tend to push their emotions aside, even though they have big emotions and they are actually emotionally intuitive. Most naturally, they put them aside, they shove them down, they discount their value. And that's the journey for a three is learning to value the emotion and live an efficient life with the value for emotions instead of, because really when it comes down to it, it's that there is not a value for the time it takes to process the emotions in order to be a healthy individual and have healthy relationships because it takes away from the work. But if what you're building and a legacy is 
work instead of relationships over time, it actually takes away value from your life to not deal with your emotions. So that's, that's kind of the journey for the three is learning to value their own emotions and make time and space for them. Yes. I, yeah. Beautifully put. And I feel like threes like really value like actual, like things that have actual worth. And so like for a three, like if we would just sit down and do the work on our emotions, whether that looks like journaling them or like a, like an introspective freedom session just with yourself, doesn't have to be a big deal or something, then, then that has worth. And you actually come out with something that has actual worth that is not cheap, that was expensive. And then like, it's just something that for a three, I feel like should be more attractive because it's like, wow, that that was work. That was work mm-hmm. to get from point A of being like a really unhealthy emotion to point B of like, OK, I've worked through this. And now like this is something that will actually for like a three like loves workflows and like loves efficiency and loves things that like have already been established. So if you've already established, you know how you feel about rage or something, then it's valuable to sit and work through that feeling because whenever that thing comes up again in the future, it's almost like you have a workflow for that feeling and you Mm -hmm. can work through it. And you know, you know what I mean? Yeah. I love how you turned that into your passion (laughs) efficiency and workflow, but it makes sense. And I think that leap because you're like, and I, I know what you mean. It's like, why isn't this more attractive to be more healthy and to go to deep? And I think what you were saying, Jessica is like that leap is the ability to trust yourself to get into it. Yeah. Because once you're there, you're like, wow, that was so good. But it's like that disconnect of trust. Like, I don't know if I can trust myself to do this. Mm -hmm. But if you can just make that leap, that's where. Well, and that's part of the inner healing journey for every single type. Every single type. I mean, it doesn't matter who you are. Learning to value yourself enough to heal is so hard. And in Christian church world, we do a really bad job of teaching people how to value themselves enough to get healthy. Mm -hmm. So I think that's really hard. That's a really hard battle to overcome. Trusting yourself, that's a really hard battle to overcome. And learning to feel your feelings without letting them, without feeling overwhelmed by them, without fearing them, without judging them, but learning to like actually feel them, let them be, ask the Holy Spirit, Lord, what do you want to do with this? And, and, and where does this go from here? And then moving on from it and, and letting it inform like, okay, if is this anger here, Holy Spirit, because I need to take action? Is is this sadness here because it's pointing to something I need to surrender to you? Is this like what why am I feeling these feelings? And and that's where a really wonderful Christian therapist can help. And but yeah, I think those things are all like for everyone. So such key pieces of personal growth and healing and growing in the Lord that tend to be overlooked by the church and that I hope to promote a little bit more value for in the space. Yeah. I think too, like when I'm thinking of like a church setting, like you hear the word breakthrough so often that it's, I feel like people have turned it into something that it is a fraction of the time, which is like an instantaneous breaking because just the word breakthrough makes you think of something that happens right then and there, which frequently happens 
well, fractionally happens. I feel like a lot of times breakthrough is not this like, and as, as a three, you really want something, you want immediate results. And mm. so sometimes a breakthrough is more like instead of a rope that snaps, it's fraying little by little. Mm. And like, that's okay to just like let the rope fray and not expect it to like instantly break and be done yeah. with it, you know? And so in the church world, like, I just think we need to do a better job of explaining breakthrough. This doesn't have to go on the podcast. It's just no, something this is so that good. came into my head as you were talking. Just like breakthrough. I feel like we owe it to to new Christians and to people who are just mm-hmm. now learning our language, breakthrough is not always instantaneous. And for a three especially, that's important to know. Yeah. That's so good. I love the, the picture of the fraying and just to be aware like, okay, something really big happened today. I felt it. I felt that change. But let's like, we're going to still come back to this. We still need more. Yeah, and I think I think you're absolutely right. I think that the ties of of lies that we've believed or um, our subconscious motivations, all those things, they were built as a way to cope or a way to function in the world because of trauma or a response to lies that were spoken over us and they've been deep-seated in there for a while and the Holy Spirit is so kind and so gentle in the process of sanctification that often it is the unraveling of a lie or a struggle with an emotion or a struggle with uh, forgiving an individual and it's over a season and that's just the beautiful way that, that the Holy Spirit works, the way that he loves us the way that he heals us and and I think you're right I think a lot of it is how do we talk about breakthrough how do we talk about change how do we talk about healing do we talk about it as instantaneous or do we talk about it as um, seasonal or a, a longer process Okay, so do you know other personality info like Myers-Briggs your strengths disc spiritual gifts Yes I don't look or hear about a a type three wing two or four and just feel immediately connected to one of those. Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm pretty solidly like through and through just like the truest essence of a three. Yeah. If I had to pick, I think I'd be more of a four um, for no reason than I just, I like style and stuff and like, Mm -hmm. I like aesthetics. So that is the main reason why I think I would pick that one. I, I do know my strength finders results and I know my, my Myers Briggs. I know, I don't know the letters, but I know the like phrase. So like the one that's like the entertainer, the Ooh, E something. ESFP. That sounds right. Let's go with okay. it. That sounds right. What do you know your strengths? I have to look them up. I mean, they're in a it's note totally in my cool. phone. Yeah, I it. might, I probably have them saved on my phone. When I d- took the strength finders, I, I think I need to take it again, but I listened to the Sleeping at Last podcast about the Enneagram, and when they did, like, the five-minute overview of the three, he mentioned all five of my strengths Wow! in the three. So wow. I was, like, and I was still kind of figuring it out at the time, and I was, like, okay, this is... That's me. That's, that's me. That's me. Sure. So my top five are communication, positivity, activator, input, and ideation. But it's funny because my bottom five are the ones that I feel like are the most three, one. So my bottom five are achiever, discipline, consistency, learner, and context, which are so three. <laughs> but those are my bottom three, bottom five. Wow. That's so interesting. Yeah. No, that totally makes sense with your Myers-Briggs results that you wouldn't have achiever in your top five. But um, obviously you achieve using 
those other strengths. Yes. So that's a great way to put it. There could totally, there could easily be, so the opposite of an ESFP in Myers-Briggs is INTJ. And INTJ could just as easily be a three on the Enneagram and have your bottom five strengths, Mm -hmm. which is also why there is so, so much variation in the Enneagram. You are not being put in a box. You can literally have opposite personality types and other personality assessments and still be a three and relate to all of the three things. So I just love, I love, I love comparing them all together. It's the most fun for me. So funny. Yeah. Like that's just beautiful that you can have literally like opposite strengths from what would be like the stereotypical, you know, presumption of a number and still be that number. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's so funny. It's very interesting. Yeah. yeah. But I feel like your strengths are still very three. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. I feel like they fit. Oh, yeah. yeah. I agree. Yeah. Especially my activator is like, it's my number three, but I feel like it's actually like, I'm really high in that because if somebody gives me an idea, like it gets done. Mm -hmm. I do not dilly dally. I'm not going to just like theorize about it. I'm like, but I also that helps me like sort. I think that's why I'm so successful is because I can immediately sift through an idea that is completely plausible and we can do it right now versus ideas that I'm like, that's great in theory that we cannot do that. And I know Mm -hmm. which ones are going to be. I know which ones are immediately actionable and immediately um, will have results. And, yeah. and those are the ones I go after. So I think that's where my like a, like my achiever comes in because I can see immediately, you give me two ideas, I know which one is going to work. Yeah. But and I will activate that one. That's really yeah. good because you've probably practiced when you when you've put things, when you've implemented things and executed things so many times, that gives you the ability to know what's going to work in the future mm-hmm. as well. So like... It's just like the snowballing effect. And I also love that you just said that you're so successful, so confidently. <laughs> I love that but so much. It's such a three thing, but it's also really true. Like you are. That's you humility be on you, though, <laughs> yeah. because you recognize that that's a fact. And it would actually be false humility to be like, like oh, I can't. I can't recognize that I'm successful because I don't want to be prideful. Yeah. And I think, too, the way, like, I, maybe this is the three in me, but, like, I have a Gucci bag and all these, like, I can't, like, have the things I have and pretend I'm not successful. That's just annoying. Mm -hmm. Like, to see somebody who has, like, like, we just moved into this great, huge apartment. Like, if, I, if somebody came over and I was like, oh, not that successful, they'd be like, baloney. Like, it'd yeah. be like those mm-hmm. shows where it's, it's like so a teacher buying a million dollar house. Like, nah, that's yeah. not like, and then that does, like, I like to build trust and that doesn't build trust. Like, yeah. it's just annoying. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. If well, you are obviously successful based on just like, if I look at you and I see the, this, you know, the things and you pretend you're not successful, that's annoying. Yeah, no, I agree. I love, I love that you just, like, know that and are just so confident. It's just so good. And it's refreshing because it is annoying the other way around. It is annoying. It's like, oh, nobody gosh, believes thank that you for being authentic. Mm-hmm. And then you lose credibility. Like, and that's part of me walking into a room and knowing how people will perceive me or something. Like, you know how three is, like, sure. just, mm-hmm. like, no, they can read the room. I want to be trusted and believed even if I'm – maybe putting on a little bit and so to so blatantly pretend something is you know what i mean it's just yeah it's annoying but yeah yeah, and that's another i just love that aspect of the three that we we know how people are going to perceive us although we really love authenticity and connection i feel Mm -hmm. like so it's like this like weird like balance Mm -hmm. of i know how you see me it's it's the gift of a three 
to be aware of how things will best be received by people. It's what makes them great at marketing and sales and songwriting and, and performing and business and just, but in so many other things, I mean, you can take it into any industry really and, and use that there, but threes have a gift. They know that, that like most people generally will receive this this way. And it's actually a gift of awareness of others that I really believe that God has given them for discernment and for other purposes. But the enemy takes that and twists it in our wounding. We want to be liked. We want to be loved. We want safety and security. And, you know, we, I mean, we, we have these desires for what's right or wrong or, you know, whatever that looks like for each individual. And these things that motivate us that really have to be resolved in the Lord. Yeah. And that's really what I get to do in coaching is help people process through those lies and those motivations that are holding them back. So that way, and and to lead them into a space where they can ask the Lord questions about that. So that way they can receive the full healing in the Lord, the full satisfaction of that desire. So that way that, that gift for knowing how things are going to be perceived by others can be completely freed to be what God intended it to be and mm-hmm. not be something that like a three doesn't like about themselves Yeah, because it's, it's a beautiful thing. It's a gift. Yeah. So, yeah. I also feel like I know, like I'm very aware of the fact that money has never gotten me anything that I couldn't have got. Like money has never caused somebody to love me more. I know this for a fact. No, money has never made somebody admire me more. Money has never, why maybe not that, but I know for a fact money has never made somebody love me more. Money has never made somebody want to hang out with me. Money has never made somebody want to be my friend just because I had it. Like I know this for a fact. And so I feel like it's a, it's important for like maybe like a creative entrepreneur who's a three is like thinking like, if only somebody would buy my art, would buy my craft, would buy my, my hobby, would buy my thing that I do with my, the work of my hands, then I would be worthy or I'd be successful. That isn't so not true. Like dear creative entrepreneur, you are not what you sell. (laughs) And like, I just think that is so important. Like I know my money has never made somebody love me or care more or want something from me. Like I just, that's what I've experienced. And I thought for a long time that having money, having designer things, having this and that would cause people to want to be my friend. And that just wasn't the case. And that was a little bit like, that was a tough lesson to learn, but it was Mm -hmm. one I needed to learn so that like, I would not, that I could really be myself. Yeah. And like, let myself be loved for just what I, who I was and not what I thought they wanted from me, which I thought was Mm. money Mm. or, or my clothes that were expensive or whatever, fill in the blank. Yeah. Yeah. An experience I had because I went to XYZ place and, you know, and it costs money to do that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I don't know if I phrased that right, but that's just something that I was thinking about. So do you feel like you have learned to let people love you for you? I think I'm working on it, um, yeah. but I have learned – it's almost like I've learned the opposite of that. Like mm. people won't love me because of X, Y, Z. So I don't try to ma- use those things to make people love me anymore. I'm still gaining revelation that people yeah. can love me because – or will love me because of who I am. But I have definitely learned that they won't love me just because I have whatever I think that they want me to have. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's so good. Like I maybe learned the opposite, but not learned the important thing. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like some work that the Lord wants no, to do. Yes, for sure. Like... <laughs> I, but I feel like that is 
very much where a lot of threes end up like on this in this process because you start off in the you know in the they're gonna love me for what I do and and once you leap from there it doesn't mean it yeah it doesn't necessarily mean that you know that you're loved or valued because <laughs> I feel that too it's like well I my head knows that I'm not gonna be loved for what I do sometimes I feel like I still like struggle with that I'm like no let me just like post that I did this or you know whatever <laughs> um but then like once you've gone from there it's actually still a journey to get to the other side oh yes so yeah I think that's really it's like you have relatable. to take one journey before you can take the other yeah. and the Lord I'm sure has yeah. allowed people to take both journeys at the same time but that's not been my experience yeah with him, so yeah yeah man that's so good thank you so much for just how honest you are, um, both with yourself and, and just being able to share that with our podcast community. Yeah. I, I am so, so grateful that you were here and that you were able to come and just share all the beautiful things in your heart and how you see the world and how you've learned to grow and see yourself. And it's been such a gift to have you on our podcast. Oh, thanks. I really, I'm so, I mean, when I say I'm honored, I could not like say that in a more like I could not say it in a way that meant more than like I am so honored <laughs> my vocabulary is not large enough to better say that <laughs> alright that's it for today tune in next week for our type 4 interview Yay! we're so excited y'all um, I'm so grateful for those of you who are listening and sharing the podcast make sure if you have not yet to leave a review on iTunes that is what gets our podcast podcast up in the search where people who don't actually know us in person can find it and listen to it and all this wonderful goodness makes it to the world around us uh make sure to subscribe so you don't miss a thing and follow us on instagram at originality podcast and on my personal instagram account at just loves personality um i would like to close out our time together with a quote from c.s lewis no man who bothers about originality will ever be original Whereas if you simply try to tell the truth, you will become original without ever having noticed it. Until next time.